Well, welcome to the politicalbetting.com Polling Matters podcast. My name is Kieran Pedley, and here we are on general election eve. The big day is tomorrow. The pollsters disagree wildly as to what the result will be. We've seen everything from a hung parliament to a stonking conservative majority. Who's right? What do we make of the campaign? And what are the seats to watch out for when the results come in? I'm joined, this is very much a politicalbetting.com special, if you like. I'm joined by Mike Smithson and Habib Butt. Habib uh, will be known to many of the listeners, of course, uh, from the site, but to many of you Twitter followers, he's known as uh, the Screaming Eagles. Uh, Mr. Screaming Eagles, welcome to Polling Matters. Hello, yes, welcome. (laughs) Good to finally have you on. And Mike, uh, welcome back. Delighted to be with you, Kieran. So... Um, thanks both of you for being here. I mean, I, I wanted to start this week's podcast just by getting your general impressions of the campaign. It, I mean, it does seem like it's one that you know started like a lock for Theresa May, and she's not had a great campaign by the looks of things. Um, Habib, what, what, do, what have you made of it? Well, the, the, the most surprising thing I found about it is the lack of brutality aimed at Corbyn. Two years ago, they were the Tories were attacking. Um, they, Ed Miliband with such a ferocity, you know, that he was a national security risk because he stabbed his own brother in the back. But when you see somebody like Corbyn and MacDonald with their back histories, it's been pretty placid. I yeah. mean, I was expecting, like we saw in the front pages of the Mir- uh, Mail and The Sun, that's the sort of campaign that we would get, but we haven't. It's been very timid which is surprising. Mm. I mean, I must say, um, from a purely conservative strategy point of view, I I feel like they've gone too heavily on the um, the IRA stuff and maybe not heavily enough on the Hamas stuff. I mean, what's more relevant these days? I mean, Mike, what's your take on some of the campaign? I mean, the consensus does seem to be that Theresa May's stuffed it up, but we don't quite know how, how important that is. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Theresa May has uh, not come over very well, and I think she's suffered enormously by not having had to fight a proper leadership election last July. As you remember, Andrea Leadsom pulled out, so there was, was, there was not going to be a membership ballot. And if there had been, she'd have spent six weeks going around the TV studios, being grilled by Andrew O'Neill and Paxman and all of those. And that would have really honed up her own campaigning skills. And I think that uh, we've seen her sort of inability and difficulty and awkwardness uh, in, in the campaign. And that's been a a very dominant feature. And I think the, the, the media, the way that they've been covering, covering it, has been almost reacting to uh, Theresa, Theresa May's uh, attitude toward, towards it. Uh, and, 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 and I think that uh, part of the reason why the Tories have perhaps declined is that the media was really looking for something to try and beat to, 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 uh, Theresa May with. It just happened. I mean, in, in the news business, you get sick of the same narrative all the time, and you want to change it because you want a bit of you you know you want to see something happen, and I think that's what happened, and I, I, you know she 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 has been very poor. Hmm. Uh, the, the the groundwork was uh, seems like it was laid uh, at the start of the campaign, didn't it? With, with this, I remember in the opening weeks when Theresa May was twenty odd points ahead in some polls. Um, I mean, there was this disquiet, wasn't there, from press conferences, and it was all too stage managed, and I guess. Hell have no fury like a lobby scorned, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it doesn't seem to have been a great campaign. I mean, Habib, what do you think the uh, what do you think the legacy of that could be? I mean, if we if we assume that one way or another Theresa May has returned to Downing Street, and we'll come on to the degrees of that in a bit, um, 
she's going to be a prime minister diminished, isn't she? Yes. um, She's managed to trash her own legacy, well, her own reputation in seven weeks. I mean, I did an analysis on Sunday that showed um, on the 21st of April, she had a 69-point lead over Corbyn with YouGov's, um, well, bad ratings, and now Corbyn's got a three-point lead. I don't think she's got a, a narrative fix that she wanted to run on. Hmm. Which at, the is, last yeah. election, at the last election, it was a long-term economic plan. It drove... I was, just, I was out campaigning for the Tories. It even drove us Tories mad, repeating that line. But it was a consistent pattern that worked. But there's been no... Um, central message apart from strong and stable and we know how badly that's turned out um, which is bizarre really good. when you think about yeah. it given that um, you know, she called this election you would have thought you've, if, if you're going to call a snap election under no real pressure to do so well I mean you, you, at least all the cards are in your hand that you'd have a, have a reason to do so yeah. it, it does strike me that uh, there was almost no planning in, in CCHQ ahead of this election uh, she called it almost without consultation. And you've got this ridiculous thing, the catch-up at the start of it, trying to get the candidates in place. But also, the, 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 there didn't seem to be a campaign plan. Uh, and, it's, and it's sort of been messy and bitty. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, she's also caught Labour on the hop as well. And Labour Labour has obviously uh, uh, found it difficult. But it is extraordinary. You know, you, what, what you have as Prime Minister... To be able to call an election is the element of surprise, and and to maximise that, you prepare and plan for it. And I wonder whether once she decided to go for it, whether she maybe have taken two weeks and, um, and 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 wait before the actual declaration of the election. But anyway, well, that, 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 that that's water under the bridge. I should say I'll just cut in here a minute um, for both of you. If you want to, um, don't wait necessarily wait for me just to go back and forth to you. Feel free to like jump in like Mike just did there. But, okay, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's uh, definitely uh, true, Mike. I was waiting for this kind of retail offering to the kind of Labour voters. Um, everyone's talked about how Theresa May has a different kind of conservatism that would be much more um, interventionist from the state's perspective and would be much more appealing to traditional Labour voters. And I was kind of waiting for that three hundred and fifty million a week for the NHS, or, uh, which seemed like an obvious thing for someone to promise. Maybe they just, they just realise they can't. Um, or, or, or some other things around housing and jobs. It never seemed to um, materialise. I suppose on the on the flip side, uh, Jeremy Corbyn seems to have had a, a very good campaign, um, Habib, doesn't he? I mean, whatever you think of him, he's he's gone from, yes, a very low base in terms of his um, personal approval ratings, but it does at least seem that the more the public see of him, um, the more they like him. Yes, I think, as Mike Note said, that Theresa May had the disadvantage of not having a full leadership contest. Corbyn's had two in the last two years, and he's he's prep, better prepped for a campaign than Theresa May is. Mm. And that makes his life easier. He's probably stuck in his comfort zone a little bit. But as I said, Jim Messinas used to say that people only paid attention four minutes a week on politics. And yeah. the general election focus more now. So the more they see, the more they like. I mean, his ratings have improved a lot a lot more than I expected him to do. So I expected him to go even further during the campaign. But there we are. Well, I mean, I'm, and, and, the, yeah. and the things that the, the Tories were going to chuck at him, 
he has got a response because he, he's been through that during those leadership campaigns. And I thought that he dealt with them, whether I agree with it or not, is, 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 not, not, is, is irrelevant. But he dealt with it brilliantly. He managed to sort of go, oh, the IRA things. Yes, well, I was, I was supporting the peace process. And it was, it was very hard to get behind that. Uh, uh, Hamas, he, 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 again, those links, which I, you'd have thought would have been absolutely explosive. Again, he just handled it extremely well. And I think that, that came out of the, lead, the leadership campaign. And also, I, get, I, I think on the IRA thing, that was a long time ago. I mean, for most people, uh, they weren't around in the 1970s and 19, when, when this was, was dominant. It's just, it's just old history. And I don't think people, I don't think it resonated. And somehow I don't think the Tories have managed to sort of really hit hard on the, on, on, on the, on the other terrorists, like the Hamas and so on. Uh, it, just, it just simply, they just, for some reason, they haven't communicated it properly. Um, and, and, and that's just extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the other thing as well is, with the IRA, the Queen has met Martin McGuinness. So that element has probably been diluted a little bit further so yeah it's not good, good point yeah it had the had the ira been launching a campaign right now it would be an issue it's not now the, the, the bizarre the bizarre thing about the messaging is that it's not particularly sophisticated because the northern ireland question um people will know is something that i keep pushing as much as i can because one of the um the products of Brexit is going to potentially be some kind of hard border, or at least uh, 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 between the north and south of Ireland. And you know the the implications over there. Okay, we probably won't go back to the seventies and eighties, but there there is a likelihood of, of extreme political turmoil there, and there kind of is at the moment already. Um, you almost feel like there could have you could have tied Jeremy Corbyn's position on a united Ireland to that maybe. But anyway, I think you're I think you're both right. I think that you know. Jerry Adams isn't the boogeyman that maybe he once was, and um, you know, obviously Martin McGuinness recently passed away. But um, you know, I think the, some of the Islamic extremism points are, are certainly much more relevant and much more uh, future orientated. Let's um, let's move on to the polls. I mean, <laughs> purpose of this podcast was try it was when I when I set it up was to try and make sense of the polls, and I mean I'm struggling myself. I mean, if you look at the uh, look at the wide divergence in numbers, we've had a couple of um, polls out this evening at the time of recording so we're just nearly at half eight uh, comrades have the gap at 10 points uh, in their final prediction poll icm have an, a sort of interim uh, prediction poll which has the gap at 12 so they're still getting another 500 completes uh, i think by the end of the day so icm i suspect will have revised numbers tomorrow though you wouldn't expect them to change dramatically from where they are now these are as regular listeners will know these are uh, pollsters that um, tend to give larger conservative leads. But Mike, I must admit, I was looking at them, and I know we shouldn't really look at universal swing because, you know, what does that mean given the regional disparities that we know exist in the country? But these aren't, even the best conservative polls aren't huge, huge swings, are they, at a national level towards the conservatives? Well, well given that uh, the Tories start this elect, well, in, in 2015, they had a 6.6% lead, so a 12% lead is just adding... Uh, uh, 3.4%, oh, sorry, 4.4% onto that. Is that right? Yeah, but, but it's, it's, not add, it's not adding that much onto it. Mm. Uh, and uh, I mean, one of the things that uh, has really been uh, in the back of my head, uh, before the 2015 general election, the great John Curtis produced a document announcing that the Tories would need a uh, 12% lead 
this is ahead of 2050, in order to secure a majority. Now, what happened? They secured a majority on 6.5% lead, a, a reasonable majority, a majority of, of about about uh, 12. Uh, and that was because of their absolutely very, very sophisticated, good targeting of the marginals, particularly the, the Lib Dem held ones. Now, so, so but the, the sort of scale beforehand was, was actually talked about at that higher level. So I, 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 I find it hard actually to equate that with some of the projections for uh, the sort of uh, eight, no, 80, 90, 100 plus seat majorities. I think, it, I think she's going to get a majority, but I think it's going to be perhaps a, a little bit smaller than that. Yeah, that's why I, I was thinking earlier on. But then I remember that the 2015 general election, the Tories outperformed UNS in England a lot. There was a swing. There was a swing to Labour from the Conservatives of one percent, but the Tories um, increased their seats. And I, I wonder if we're going to see that tomorrow night as well. Yeah, uh, but Habib though. Um, the, the, we know from the sort of expenses inquiry that the, the Tories were, were, had a hugely expensive, hugely sophisticated operation going on in the key marginals. Against the background of the uh, expenses inquiry, have, the, have they operated on the same level or has that been lessened? My sense is that it has been lessened. Yes, um, that does mean, I do know that they are still using Facebook a lot and YouTube adverts a lot because one of my friends keeps on complaining that he lives in a marginal and he can't access YouTube without having to sit through a one minute long advert for the Tories every time he wants to watch a video. Mm. So I think they are still trying it. Uh, I mean, where do we think the uh, Conservative vote share might end? I mean, I guess for me, my reading of the polls is that the Conservative vote share seems reasonably stable. Um, so comrades have it at 44 um, this evening. I think ICM have it at 46. But you know, which almost whichever poll you look at, they're in that sort of 43 to sort of 46 band. And I guess history tells us to always assume the Tories at the highest element of that band. But maybe with all this experimentation going on with the polls, maybe we shouldn't make that assumption this time. Isn't the um, isn't the difference really here Labour? I mean, I, I was looking at some of Servation's numbers earlier this week, and it, this is by no means unique to Servation. Those pollsters that produced the table for 2015, essentially how did you vote last time, tend to show quite high numbers of the Labour vote being non-voters. They, they, I think actually the numbers I, I, I calculated for both Opinion and Servation this week, who, who show different headline figures, show around sort of one in five, one in six of the Labour votes being a combination of Greens and non-voters. I mean, how worried do we think we'd be if we were the Labour Party seeing those sorts of figures? Because I guess, you know, maybe the Green vote you can rely on, Mike, but non-voters, by definition, are typically difficult. Non-voters, I agree. I, I agree. Although I some of them are young that. people, of course. Some of them are people, maybe, yeah. that, but they can't, be, they can't all be young people from 2015. No, no I, I agree with that completely. Uh, yet at the same time, remember the, uh, at, at the referendum a year ago, uh, it was non-voters from the general election that actually, for the year the, uh, 2015 general election, that actually made it a, a leave victory rather than a remain victory. Mm. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and these people were engaged for that. Now the question, the question is, will they be engaged 
tomorrow. Uh, the answer is, well, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, quite hard. We will. I mean, it does seem like that the sort of people you speak to informally on the Labour side aren't aren't very confident. So I guess if they've got this surge in voters that's going to get them close, yeah. they almost don't, don't, don't know that they're coming to vote for them, which is not necessarily a position I mean, they I, want I, to be in. I, I wonder whether that uh, the way that uh, uh, Corbyn has been attacked, whether you, do, you might have shy Corbyn voters. This ongoing thought that, uh, of course, that uh, uh, the Tories always get understated in the polls, uh, that that is partly true, but it's more true when uh, Labour has been in the lead. And, uh, and as I, I did a post on PB the, uh, the other, other day showing that, in fact, that where, that where it's level pegging or whether the Tories have been in the lead, it, it, you can't really see this element of, of the Tories being understated. And, and that's what makes me, you know, very confused about where we are now and which, which of the pollsters to go with. Mm. Go on, Habib. I do wonder if this is just like 2010, where we saw Mick Clegg and the Lib Dems surge in the polls, fall back a little, but their actual actual votes increased, but they lost seats because it was all in the wrong place. The votes were in all the wrong places. Yeah, I think that that might well happen. I was just going to say one of the. maybe under-analysed aspects of this election and uh, you know conspiracy theories uh, theorists can say it's because we're all in our well I'm in my London bubble and you're gonna, you guys are in your English bubble I guess um, we're not really we haven't really talked about Scotland too much and you know I was looking at some of the Scottish seats last night there's there's an interesting story going on there isn't there where the SNP granted they were a very very high watermark last time but the, the con- conventional wisdom seems to be that they're likely to to lose seats and I suppose with this ongoing debate about a second independence referendum not hugely popular in the polls it's a strange old election for the SNP isn't it because at the same time they're still likely to win a very what in normal circumstances is a hugely impressive uh, victory but I guess they're going to go backwards aren't they? I think they are going to go backwards they they got 56 out of Scotland's 59 seats in 2015, which was an extraordinary performance, so absolutely amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, it, it's very hard to see them maintaining, you know, maintaining being in the 50s. I think they're going to be in the late the late 40s. And I think certainly uh, the Tories are going to take seats uh, from them. Uh, and the Lib Dems who, who are, are probably going to take two or three seats from them. So it's uh, it's 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 it is fascinating. Um, and all, I think one of the issues, of course, is that uh, uh, Brexit is, uh, is is so is so difficult, and they don't quite. It's very difficult for for Nicola Sturgeon to articulate a policy that that, that works for her, um, and uh, and and it you know it just has been very very strange to see how difficult they've had communicating things. On the other hand, uh, uh, I thought I thought that her latest message that that, that the SNP is the party for Corbynistas. I thought that was quite smart. Mm. Yeah. And last and last night's bombshell that the Scottish Labour leader Kezia Dugdale wanted Labour to drop their opposition to a second referendum probably helps the Tories as well, um, yeah. because there's been a couple of polls in the last week or so that show Labour not far behind the Tories in Scotland, which is a major change because 
a few weeks ago they, the Tories were on course for 12 seats. That might not happen now. Part of the difficulty with Scotland, of course, is that it's such it's so politically volatile. It's really quite unpredictable, isn't it? Because you know, I was looking through the seats last night, and you know, at face value, a lot of these are extremely safe SNP seats now. But of course, that's only on the basis of an election two years ago. So, I guess if public opinion was sufficiently volatile, then maybe we will we'll see some quite wild swings in some specific areas. But although the overarching um, the overarching message will be the SNP doing very well. Um, Mike, you mentioned the Liberal Democrats, and we haven't really brought them up uh, in this episode so far, and I guess that's because they haven't really done very well in this campaign. But oh, well, what do you make of their, their chances? Because, I mean, I wrote a piece for Lib Dem uh, Newswire, I think it's called. Uh, I hope, don't kill me, Mark Pack, if I've got the email name wrong. Um, but suggesting that you know they've, they've, the, the elections come at the wrong time for them, essentially, uh, with Brexit haven't, not starting yet. Um, maybe they have a future with this second referendum policy if things start to hit the buffers. But right now, it's damage limitation, isn't it? It is t- total damage limitation, and uh, I think they're in for a horrible night tomorrow night, and that's uh, that's that's that, that that's there. Um, I think they uh, that, that quite a few existing seats are are going to go, uh, but I think they they've got hopes in. Uh, I mentioned Scotland, uh, and uh, I think there's the. Uh, the South West London Triangle of uh, Richmond, Twickenham, and Kingston, and uh, I, I'd expect them to get two of those two two of those three, which you, will be a a, a, a a starting point back. And, and I think the significance of it, I think certainly for Bids Cable uh, returns, uh, and, uh, and and possibly Ed Davy in in Kingston, you've got two heavyweights, and I think that uh, that the lineup of the party will look stronger. I mean, I think I think the, in the last parliament, uh, you 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 had apart from Clegg, you had no no MPs who had been uh, cabinet ministers in the in in the previous government who were well known, uh, and and I think I think that has that has added to their overall weakness. Do you think there's, with, do you think there's uh, money to be made on betting on the Lib Dems? Uh, may, maybe uh, Clegg losing his seat, or possibly a, a new leader in the near future. Uh, um, I think the well, I think there might well be a new leader. I mean, again, uh, Farron could be in trouble in in in, in Westmoreland. Um, I, I, my, I think the interesting thing is is is, is Joe Swinson, who uh, she's hopefully uh, put, working very hard in Eastern Bartonshire, uh, and I think if she if she actually uh, uh, wins that, I, I I think you could see uh, her being the next leader. And in fact, indeed, Ladbrokes. Make the, uh, the the was it the three to one favourite to be next Lib Dem leader, even though she's not even an MP. <laughs> that is that is an interesting bet. I mean, I want to finish with um, uh, I don't know predict rough predictions at the end. But before we do that, one of the things that I think is useful for people that may be staying up late that aren't, aren't nerds like me following all the in, ins and outs of it is to talk about some of the results that people should be looking out for. What are the seats that? Uh, should catch our eye that we really that should really tell us about what's going to be happening uh, on election night. Um, Habib, I don't know if you've got any in particular that you're that you're watching. I mean, what what are the seats what, that you're keeping an eye out for? Um, the, judging by the um, expected declaration times, the first two seats I'm keeping my eye on are Putney and Tooting. If the, if it's a very good night for the Tories in London, they might take Tooting. And Putney might go the other way. Depends how good a night it is for Labour. 
But the two seats I'm keeping my eye on the most is Westmoreland and Lonsdale, which is Tim Farron's seat, and Moray, which is Angus Robertson's seat, uh, the SNP leader at Westminster. If both those seats or one of those seats goes, that would be the, one of the narratives of the night. Because Angus Robertson at PMQs probably puts Theresa May under more pressure than with two questions than Jeremy Corbyn does with six questions. <laughs> and and just imagine the narrative if the SNP Westminster leader lost his seat. Uh, to coin an old phrase, it might kill Scottish nationalism stone dead. Yeah. So, But those are the four seats I'm really keeping my eye on. Mike, what do you think? Other than Bedford, of course, which is close to both uh, well, of our hearts. Uh, uh, well, uh, yes, uh, Bedford is a, a, an ultra-marginal, which I, 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 I find with YouGov's projection that this is likely Labour uh, on, their, on their model. I find that quite extraordinary. Um, I've, you've, I've had no sense living here of a Labour, of a Labour campaign at all. Uh, and there's a, a, the way the town is plastered with Tory, Tory poster boards. Mm. So I, I, I find I find it that that very hard. Uh, the, the, I, I think the first results, the you know, the Sunderland seats, uh, those will really show whether the Conservatives have been able to gain ground uh, from 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 the decline of UKIP, um, and uh, I think and I think that that will will learn a lot from for the rest of the night from those two seats. Remember. We always get the Sunderland seats sort of before 11 o'clock. And then we've usually got to wait an hour or so before we get the next ones in. So those will be uh, picked over at some length. But it's uh, it's the Tory shares in those seats, which I think are going to be, going to be, going to be quite significant. Uh, hopefully, it's when the first uh, Conlab marginal comes up, where uh, it's the, uh, the, the, the non-eaten type ones and... It's basically seeing if, if, if Labour has made has managed to get anywhere any, any closer. And the other ones, of course, are those in London. I think that uh, we are going to get a very different story in London compared with the rest of the country. And I think that the Conservatives are not going to have a good a good night in the capital. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair a fair assumption. I mean, I'm looking at some of the Conservative target seats here. I mean, I'm going to be looking out for. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough South and East Cleveland to give it its full title. I mean that's a, that requires a two and a half percent swing um, to, to 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 the Conservatives uh, for them to take that off Labour. And I guess if that's going, then you you, you, know, you can start to see the lay of the land and, and what's happening there. There's a host of um, there's a host of seats in the sort of Midlands and North uh, that that are worth watching. Walsall North, uh, similar to Middlesbrough, where it's kind of you know, uh, heavily Brexit, I believe, and um, you know, will, will Theresa May's Brexit means Brexit line, and and, and what what's come from that uh, end up um, sort of uh, reaping dividends for her? Well, I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see. And Wakefield's one I'm watching as well. Mary Craig, um, that's her seat there, was about sixty odd percent leave as well. So I guess I'm looking at those heartlands, and I mean. What I'm looking for there really is if the swing is bigger than whatever uh, the, you know, the national uh, vote shares might suggest. So if we start seeing big swings in those areas, like comfort- almost comfortable conservative wins, then we'll know that um, Labour's in for a tough night. But likewise, if we start seeing Labour holding those seats, then maybe maybe this snap election has kind of backfired on the prime minister a little bit. And I mean, I, th- I think well, beyond that, I'm going to be looking at Scotland just generally because it'll be fascinating to see 
to what extent the dust has settled there after what happened uh, two years ago. And I think we, there, there's several several seats that are useful to watch on that score. Um, I, I, I'm loath to I'm loath to do the predictions game, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot, and you can you can equivocate if you want if you want to be boring. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go first. I mean, I, I was always of the view that when it came to general election, you know, the Conservatives would be in landslide territory, and I thought three figure majority. Um, it, and I'm, I'm loath to go too far away from that, but I'm going to because because of the nature of the campaign that Theresa May's run. Um, you know, there's clearly been a narrowing of the gap. We cannot know what the individual swings and individual seats are going to be, but Jeremy Corbyn's clearly managed to stem the tide of some of these Labour voters that were wavering uh, for the Conservatives, or at least it appears that way. I'd probably say anywhere between an eight, eight or eight or nine point lead in the popular vote feels about right for the Conservatives. If it was more than ten, I think we've got a real problem in polling, but uh, or at least for some pollsters. Um, but also it tells us a very different narrative of what actually happened in the campaign. Majority is quite different, difficult. I would, I, I'll go somewhere in the 50 to 75 region, I think. Um, what's 50, 50 is about 15 to 20 gains net for the Conservatives, isn't it, roughly? Um, you know, that wouldn't be hugely impressive, but I can sort of see anywhere between 15, 20, 25, um, and that, that producing a reasonably good night for the Conservatives. But... You know, we've been burnt before in the last couple of years, haven't we? So it's very hard to be certain. Um, Habib, what's your sense of the direction of travel? Um, my, I've gone from, I've come back to where I thought the election result would be around a hundred seat majority for the Tories. Um, Labour to be around two hundred seats. The Tories on about three seventy five, something like that. Mm. Um, I said the, probably the most disappointing aspect of the whole election is probably the Lib Dems. I thought they would do a lot better, especially with, with them targeting the 48% remain. Well, um, I mean, I have nothing against the Lib Dems in, as a political party, but I've sold them at £10 a seat uh, under 24. So... Um, I won't be. Okay. I, I won't. Be, I won't be mourning if they um, <laughs> if they don't have a good night. I mean, Mike. Mike, what's your sense? It's a really. Well, it's a difficult well, I, campaign well, I, to I, predict, I, isn't it? Yeah, I had a. I was at a, I was doing a conference in in London today, and uh, I was having a long session afterwards with a with a with a very prominent pollster who'd been at a lot of um, uh, of, uh, of focus groups, and one of the the impression, the big impression that that stuck with him was how Labour voters, there's a tradition that actually to vote Tory is a massive big, is a massive big move for them. Uh, and, and, and that's uh, something we, we perhaps un, 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 underestimate. Uh, and and he, was, he, was, he, was, he was very cautious about the level of, uh, of gains that uh, the, Tories, the Tories can achieve. Um, I, I, think, I think probably uh, the sort of uh, in, into the sort of 50, 60, majority area is probably where it's it, it, it's going to be i think they'll be picking up seats in 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 scotland maybe uh, at scotland they'll be losing in london i think they're going to lose uh, 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 i think Croydon central looks uh, looks looks dodgy uh, i think uh, they'll lose a, a couple in 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 in, 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 in southwest london they'll, they'll, they will, they will they will be have not net losses there which of course then has to be made up elsewhere um, so again, I think I think for sort the of 50, 60 majority mm. is probably where where we'll end up. But it, you know, who knows? I mean, I am 
uh, I, I get whenever whenever I'm asked on this, I say, well, I I I I, I see that the great David Butler, uh, Sir David Butler, who's 92 and his brain is ab- still absolutely brilliant, when asked for a prediction, he said, I don't know, and yeah. I think it's presumptuous. I think it's presumptuous actually for lesser mortals like me to say we do know. Yeah, I, I, I would concur with that. It's very you, you try and be data driven in your analysis because otherwise you're just you're just leaning on your prior convictions and your your biases to, to be honest and when the data's all over the place you've got to be really really flipping cautious about <laughs> about what you're uh, how how um, certain you you claim to be i guess the final i'm trying to think how to close this I, mean, I guess one way of doing it would be to say what is a good result what, what, what would theresa may settle for i mean we all seem to be pretty convinced that She's going to be prime minister with an increased majority and everyone can um, log on to PB and to Twitter and tell us how badly wrong we got it on Friday if we do. Um, but what what is the kind of uh, spectrum of acceptable, unacceptable result? I mean, Habib, what do you think? I mean, at what point does this uh, does does an election result cause real genuine problems for her? Not necessarily losing office, but just uh, yeah, really damaging her politically with her own party. Um probably any majority less than 40 hmm. because she's got to get a Brexit bill through the Commons a, Bre- a Brexit deal we saw how difficult it was to raise taxes for her she can't get a budget through with a majority of 12 so she probably needs something above 40 to be able to function properly as a government hmm. and do, I, do any of us think that there's any chance of Jeremy Corbyn not being Labour leader in September? No, <laughs> I, I think Corbyn has uh, done enough. To, uh, done enough to survive. I think the real interesting question is 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 Theresa May's survival. Uh, yes, she's got through this. She's got through this uh, election, uh, but it's very hard to contemplate her being leader at the next election. I mean, I, again, I was uh, talking to quite a prominent uh, Tory uh, 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 earlier earlier in the day, and you know, the view was, well, you know, they're not going to let her continue. They'll remember this, the mess up over the social care tax. They'll remember her difficulty ask, answering questions and her evasiveness and a simply joyless campaign. And I think that, uh, I, I think that uh, the Tories are not going to let her fight a second, elect, a second general election. I think that seems a pretty safe bet. I can imagine that she'll she'll negotiate Brexit and maybe uh, maybe she won't be there much longer after that. But that's all we've got time for, for this uh, sort of election eve um, podcast. Uh, Habib and Mike, very, thanks very much for joining me. Um, to, to those of you listening in, I uh, h- hope you enjoy the evening's festivities. Don't be too harsh on us if our predictions are miles out. It's a very volatile election to predict. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please do share it on social media. Uh, give us a, a like on our Facebook page or, or maybe even a positive rating on iTunes or other podcast apps or a comment. It really does help mess with the algorithms and get us up the charts, which helps grow our audience. So we do very much appreciate it. But for now, uh, that's all we've got time for before the election. Join us uh, next week when we'll be uh, dissecting the results and working out what happened.